Get Up Nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Rurong Living, Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with GotYour6Coffee.com, where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders, veterans, and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations. No stranger to adversity, Eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service. You're already purchasing coffee. Why not empower your coffee with purpose? Why not purchase coffee that not only has your six, but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country? Learn more about Eric and his freshly roasted award-winning coffee at gotyoursixcoffee.com. Welcome to this episode of the Get Up Nation podcast. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with the amazing Jazz Booth. Jazz is an author, entrepreneur, disabled army veteran, cancer survivor, innovator, philanthropist, and speaker. Prior to deploying to Iraq, her life was significantly impacted by losing everything she owned during Hurricane Katrina and a month later being diagnosed with an aggressive head, neck, and throat cancer. She needed complex full-time medical care, employment, and a place to live with her son. She was advised there were no existing programs for women veterans with children. And after extensive cancer treatment, Jazz was allowed to serve in the Army National Guard. Remembering what she and her son had been through when they were in need, Jazz committed herself to ensuring that no service member would be left behind and that all women veterans would be treated with the dignity and respect they earned during their service. She founded Final Salute, an organization that has provided more than a million dollars to provide homeless women veterans with safe and suitable housing. And this only scratches the surface of what this amazing human being has accomplished during her life. I'm honored she's taking the time to join me on the Get Up Nation show. Jazz, welcome to Get Up Nation. Hey, Ben, how are you? It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's my honor to have you here. And today, could we start with just where you currently live and work? I don't know if that's safe to say right now. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, I live in Winchester, Virginia. I work for myself. I recently launched Jazz Booth Speaks, which is my own personal speaking business, um, where I also train and coach. I also still continue to be heavily involved with Final Salute Inc. as the president and founder. Excellent. Excellent. Certainly in this tremendous time in our country's history, your voice and your insight are extremely valuable to provide the compassionate, innovative, and honorable leadership that we need. Will you share your perspective on what our nation needs at the present time to be resilient, to overcome our challenges, and unite? I think we all need to to, to step back and take a hard look at our belief and our value systems, because I believe that's what we are lacking. I believe that we are getting a lot of our information from talking heads and people who we consider to be authorities, people who we consider to be leaders. And we have lost the, not the ability to think for ourselves, but we have just allowed them to put the knowledge into our heads, as opposed to saying, you know what, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? And I think if we get back to our personal beliefs and value systems, you know, compassion, love, supporting and loving our fellow, you know, Americans, as opposed to this great divide that we have experienced, I think that's been the biggest thing. And I think that the the COVID situation made it worse because people were watching more TV. Mm. They were involved in more social media, you know, and so we, they, they were kind of cooped up in these 
little clicks, as you want to say. And at some point, it all came to a terrible, terrible head, as we saw the other day. I, however, have been spending my time getting heavily involved in spirituality, mm-hmm. meditating, practicing mm-hmm. mindfulness, <laughs> yeah, and practicing mindfulness. So that's yeah. what I've focused myself on. And a lot of, if you you follow me on social media, if you look yeah. at my LinkedIn pages, my Twitter, my Instagram, it's all about positivity, yeah. lots of affirmations and just, you know, self-reflecting and self-awareness. I think a lot of us have also forgotten that we do have self-responsibility. A lot of the people who are getting arrested right now are now facing a lot of that, the responsibility of their actions. And I, I think that, again, if we start, like I said, getting back to our values, morals, and belief systems, and, and also finding other ways to channel any anger or disappointments we may have within the political other systems, there are so many other ways. Like I said, I've been using meditation and just some time to myself. I used to say, you know, I wish I had more time to myself because I traveled a lot speaking. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of traveling for my organization and raising awareness. And it's sometimes it's funny when you say, I wish I had more time. And I think a lot of us had the time and we were like, oh, now I'm bored. Now I want to get out. Now I want to do something. But it's like, no, I actually have this time. So let me take more time in connecting with myself, re-engaging with who I am, reintroducing myself, you know, to myself because we do go through changes. You know, the military changes you. Leaving the military changes you. Becoming and living with a disability changes you. Having kids having a spouse. We've changed so many times, but I think we have forgotten to say, you know, who am I at this current point? And I've made a priority to get back to me during this time. That's amazing. I think that's vital. And I've been hearing from some people that I really respect who have taken that same approach to really make the most of this time, introspection, meditation, really looking at with all of the contention and, and the violence and conflict that's happening to really dig deep and to really make the most of this time. And with all that you've done and all that you continue to do, I can't imagine the amazing amounts of insight that you've gained, the leadership that you possess and leading the way by being mindful, by being having the emotional intelligence, by putting out positivity. That just shows you know more of the leadership that we need versus all of the outrage and the anger and the violence that we have. I love seeing healthy people do healthy things and lead the way in that process so that the anger and the frustration that we do experience, like you said, being channeled in ways that, are, that are keep us healthy, create effective progress and positive change and doing it in a way where you value yourself in the process and that way you do that for others as well. Yeah, I personally think we've gotten into the 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 concept of having to say what is right and what is wrong. I tend to focus on what is positive and what is negative. How will this positive or negatively impact my life or the lives of others as expect as opposed to saying you're just right and you're wrong? To me, that's a matter of perspective. You know? And I think that we're we're so focused on who's right, who's wrong, who's the better, whose candidate said this better, or whose candidate did this. And I'm just like, okay, let's look, let's focus on the energy of what we're looking at and how that actually affects us. Does this person wearing a tan like when Obama, oh, he has on a tan, a tan suit. That's like the worst thing ever. And it's just like, okay, that has nothing to do with anything. Right. You know, and so I think we've gotten so distracted and we've gotten so on edge that everything bothers us. And right. I'm like, everything shouldn't bother you unless it affects you 
you know, directly in a positive or a negative way. And I think sometimes things have no effect on us, but we need to make it about us, which is why all those people went and did those, you know, disgusting things on our nation's capital because they felt affected, you know, in some way. They felt they needed to get involved. When you when you really look at it, were they really positively or negatively affected by what happened to the current president? Probably not. Politics and the government affects us all, period. But did he personally do anything to me? Did he personally do anything to them or do anything for them? But I also tell people that they have to be cognizant that words are the most powerful thing in this world. People think it's bullets, you know, people think it's war. And I'm like, no, it is your words, which is why when you're in leadership positions, such as the, the, the president and other politicians, and regardless of what you do, you and I are leaders. We right. have an audience, people listen to us. So what comes out of our mouth is important because somebody is listening to us, listening to us, and whether we know it or not, they could be hanging hinging on our every word. And based on what we say, it could cause them to react. Now, whether we say, well, we didn't tell you to do that or not, you have to take responsibility for the energy, again, whether positive or negative, that you put in the world. Because for some people, they look up to you, they admire you, they love you in some aspects, you know, in weird ways, people worship other people. <laughs> and they're like, well, I'm going to go do that thing because she said or he said, go do that thing, regardless of saying, hey, is this really a good thing for me? And just because this person said it, does it make it a thing that I should do? Right. You know? Right. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Words are have tremendous power. And to, to throw words around or, or, and not to choose them wisely, not to really be thoughtful about what you're saying because you are contributing energy. The world becomes what we create in our minds first and then our mouth next. And and we have the ability to create, we have the ability to destroy with what's right here in front of us, with the thoughts in our mind and the, and the words we put out there. And so for people to be thoughtful, mindful, and to be arbiters of peace, to be arbiters of strength and the true strength that comes from staying positive, from not getting distracted, from looking at somebody who's a perceived enemy and seeking out to find common ground to talk through issues where we may have a conflict and then find common ground and 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 solve problems, find out where we can overcome challenges. There are so many ways that people are put into little boxes and little silos and said, you're this, you're this, and I'm this, and I'm this, and I'm this. But how many of these things are we really? We're so, there is so much to us. A whole person cannot be you know, just smashed in a, in a category and said, you're this, like no one fully is good and no one is fully bad. We need to work together. We need to pay attention to our words. We need to pay attention to the people in our lives that need encouragement. I agree a thousand percent. I wanted to ask you too about the, the challenges that we're facing in the military. So our military is facing also tremendous challenges, epidemic levels of suicide in, in the veteran population, military sexual trauma, alcoholism, you know, mental illness, post-traumatic stress, what encourages you about the current situation? I always like to find the opportunity and the, you know, when there is a crisis or there's challenges, I always like to find, okay, where is the light of hope in here? What is the good that's happening here? So even though we're having all of these challenges come up, what encourages you about the current situation? And where do you think our service members are headed when it comes to actually taking care of each other, not just during combat, but before and after service? What I find confidence in knowing is that the, the, the needs of the 
the military and veterans that we're having and experiencing and me as a disabled veteran, I know that they're not unique. Mm-hmm. And I say that in a positive light because it means there's somebody else that's going through what I'm going through. And now I can find a network of people that I can talk to, that I can relate to, that can share with me. I can share with them. We can find our tribe and we can, you know, it's like in the military, you, 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 you find your team, you find your tribe, you find your family. And knowing that these, you know, issues are not unique to us and that there's uh, so many people out there just, you know, waiting for someone to reach out them or waiting for someone to have the courage to say, yes, I'm disabled. Yes, I'm depressed. Yes, I have PTSD. And someone saying, you know what, brother, sister, I am too. Let's see how we can help each other. Or if not, let me see who I can get to help you. I think now that the, the good thing is we are starting to erase the stigma because so many of us are talking about it. We are publicly talking about it in the military. If something's wrong with you, you better not say nothing. You better not stand out in a bad way. If your life is sucking, it's your problem. If you're depressed, you need to suck it up and drive on. The thing about being a veteran is like you no longer have to live in that space. And that's unfortunate for us, for, for our military brothers and sisters, as you know, even though they they go through the motions of having the stand downs. And if you see there, the suicides are still happening. You know that there is that are just checking blocks and going through the motions and leadership is not enforcing. Right. I remember when I was on active duty and I would try to go to my medical appointments and I was ridiculed about it. You know, you want to be a soldier or do you want to be a patient? And it's just like, yeah. you know, obviously I want to be a soldier because now as a leader, I was a, a major when I got out. You don't want to be seen as broken or damaged goods. It hurts promotions. It, it, it hurts opportunities to PCS. It hurts opportunities for you to lead. And so it's just like, do I go to the doctor? and possibly hurt my career? Or do I just suck it up and drive on? That is never a decision that a soldier or any service member should have to make. But unfortunately, you know, that is still some of the issues that they deal with. Our oldest, I'm married to a Marine combat veteran and our oldest son in the Air Force. You know, he reaches out to me and talks about things. And I say, son, if you're feeling some kind of way and you all know, I mean, most people are in tune with their bodies so they can tell when, you know, something is not right, when their energy is is not aligned or when they're having pain that they've never had before, before whether it's psychological, you know, mental or, or emotional pain. And I tell him, you know, I know you're a man and, you know, sometimes a little harder with guys, you know, but if you need to go to mental health and behavioral health therapy, you go. Because if you blow up on someone and then go, you're in trouble, right? You know, you get in trouble first, but you're getting treated. So it's better to get treated and make your com- your command chain of command aware that, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm having these issues. He's deployed. He's a he's a combat veteran. Yeah. Yes, he's in the Air Force. Yes, he has been in Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know there there is still this stigma that's attached with when, while wearing that uniform to right. should I ask for help. But also in the same token, you're getting these briefings after briefings after briefings as, as block checks, but it's not really being forced. Right. But luckily, my son has two parents that have served that say, no, you get up and you take your butt over to mental health. And if your chain of command tries to stop you, yeah. you have EO and you have other people that you can talk to. Right. Right. 
that block there, there is something that comes from that true strength of being honest about our internal workings and our internal stressors. And there, there needs to be something incorporated into the military-wide conscious when we're dealing with stress, when we're dealing with combat stress or just interpersonal stress or stress from family overseas, when we can't be there, et cetera, we need to manage our stress in healthy and effective ways. And that gives us true strength. That creates that sense of unity and brotherhood where you can actually articulate a sense of vulnerability at a certain point to say, you know what, I need some extra support in order to handle what's going on internally. And if we have an environment or a consciousness in our military that that acknowledges that reality, then how many suicides will that save? How many marriages will that save? How much treatment for you know alcoholism and 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 all of these things down the line how how much pain and suffering will that solve in a sense of understanding what true strength is incorporating the entirety of what human beings are and to keep a fighting force ready if we have men and women who are going into battle in the most you know dangerous and frightening situations possible and they care about one another to the point that they see each other in fullness for who they are instead of just you know berating each other to try to fit this orchestrated standard of what we're supposed to be what if we were what we truly were in our entirety in wholeness responded to all each other's needs and we're there for each other, we would stop abusing one another, we would stop finding dysfunction and stress and violence within our own ranks, let alone and and able to focus on the true enemy that we're dealing with in the first place. So many are suffering from being sexually assaulted, from mental health issues, and they're having to carry that in addition to their rucksack, in addition to their rifle, they're having to carry that stress, watching their back of who could be causing them harm in our own ranks. And we're not giving each other the respect and and the strength that we need that we, regardless of our gender, no matter where we come from, no matter what the rank is, there has to be that mutual respect and that concept of soldier wholeness that will help us, I guess, get us out of our current struggles and get us into a more healthy and able and effective fighting force. Do you agree? I I definitely agree. You know, I see so much in, in, you know, in the military, we, we, we make jokes with each other. I mean, we banter, we do things, but in the veteran community, it's turned, it is kind of turned into something ugly because it's different as me and you, we serving together. I know you, you know me. So when we joke or we say certain things, you know, it means something different, but when you're online and you're saying, you know, Oh, Oh, so you're depressed. You, you know, you're weak. That's why you got the military and you're just trying to get a hundred percent. And I'm just like, why would you say that to someone that you have no idea where they're at on the other end of that line of the, or the keyboard? If they have a gun in their hand, if they have a bottle of pills in their hand, if they're danger to themselves and their family and you're just ruthlessly roasting them for likes and retweets like that hurts my that hurts my soul so bad because people are so, so void of compassion. You know, nowadays, and I'm like, you know, yeah, there are jokes, but there is there is a time and a place for that. But when someone is seriously reaching out for for help, you know, they they don't need to be attacked, especially in an open forum. Any place around your veterans or brothers or sisters should be a safe space. And like you said, whether you disagree with them or not. And it's unfortunate that people do look at the military or the veteran community as this different subsection of society. So when they they're so, you know, surprised when, oh, my God, the rapes that are going on, the discrimination, the, you know, the racism. I'm like, yeah, 
the same thing that happens in American society happens in military society. So don't think that if a person came in the military, it just gets erased. Do people evolve? Absolutely. You know, I had some people that hadn't seen black people in my basic training course in 2000, you know, and then they were like, oh, that's not how I thought you were at all. You know, and so I'm like, it, it does. It has given some people the opportunity to, you know, fight some of the stereotypes and decide for themselves, like I said, to have the to, to build your own moral compass if you didn't have one. Because a lot of us growing up and if you went straight to the military at high school, you basically only heard your parents, your grandparents and the people around you. And if they all had a, a toxic mindset about a certain person or a certain culture, you carry that with you into the military. Like if you were you know, not nice to women before you join the military, putting a uniform is not just going to make you a gentleman. Everyone has to work towards change and everybody has to first realize they have a problem. But sometimes it's to realize something and say, hey, did you know that you don't call black people colored anymore? Like that's an offensive term. You know, and some people truly don't know. Some people don't care. But I think when you call it to that attention, you're saying that your behavior is affecting me. And when you say things like that, it's not okay. And I'm going to tell you that it's not okay until you stop. And and that's where you talk about having those courageous conversations, although uncomfortable. But we know that Nothing changes through comfortable conversations. We have to have uncomfortable conversations, but we have to do them respectfully. Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing that I really admire about your character and your example for us is, and it highlights one of the the concepts that we talk about frequently on this show, which is to transform our personal suffering into a solution that prevents or heals the suffering of others. So, So you took your experience of not finding support when you needed it and decided that contrary to what was happening at that time in the military, you were going to prevent the suffering of others with final salute. You fulfilled your oath to not leave behind a a service member, and you created safe and suitable housing for those who deserved and had earned our respect with their service. How satisfying was that for you then to provide this solution to other service members that you know had not been served prior to that? I wouldn't consider it satisfying. I look at what I do as essentially human rights, you know, ensuring that everyone, regardless of who they are, has the basic living needs and essentials. And I recognize that there was a void within a women veteran community. And I made that my focus in my next mission. And I know there are some people that say, why are you only helping women veterans? I, I don't want people to look at philanthropy or nonprofits as gains. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's not like I'm representing this, so I don't care about that. Right. Obviously, I care about male veterans. Yeah. I'm a mom of sure. a um, of a service member and I'm a wife of a male veteran. So obviously I care, but everybody can't do everything, right. but everybody can do something. Yeah. Homeless women veterans and supporting them and their children's children. That is my something. And mm-hmm. I think if we all did a little something, that would be so much less that we would all have to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And one thing I was thinking about too, is that, you know, we often think that societal problems are too large, too complex to do something about who am I, you know, I'm just this, or I'm just that. And, but when you experience pain and lack of support, I mean, we, we have a choice to make, are we going to just let it make us bitter? And we just walk away and just say, chalk it up as another example of something wrong in the world or, or things like that. Are we going to just 
leave it at that and have that just smolder within us, you know, that, that, or are we going to do something about it? What advice do you have for those who have felt the sting of being treated without respect of having their needs go unnoticed or neglected so they can get up and proactively create these practical solutions to these problems? We first have to be honest with ourselves. I can t- I can say that we probably all been on that, been on both sides of the coin yeah. of saying, you know what, somebody's going to do something about that, yeah. you know, or sure. it'll get better. It just takes time, you know, and yeah. some of us has been those, those people that said, you know what, yeah, it's going to get better because I'm going to make it better, mm-hmm. you know, but I would say definitely if you feel strong or passionate about a cause then go for it. But I would say first, do your research. I always tell people, you know, never bite off more than you can chew, but I'll obviously in in causes, you know, some people, you don't always have to start a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. That was just me being the crazy lady starting a nonprofit. (laughs) You can just volunteer, you know, for a nonprofit. You can, if you have a certain skill set, if you had, you know, if you were legal in the military, maybe you could serve on the board as a board attorney or give them free legal advice. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can, if you served in a finance background, maybe a nonprofit organizer needs a uh, treasurer, the board treasurer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have cognitive, I have cognitive decline from the radiation that I had to my brain from my head. I get throat cancer. So sometimes words escapes me. I'm mm-hmm. actually a very intelligent person. <laughs> Well, I, <laughs> um, <laughs> just my words escapes me sometimes. You know, that's why I sit here. It's people like she sounds really dumb. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Not that having a degree makes you smart, but hey, that's what I'm going with. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but I would say there are so many ways to, to get involved. But I would say definitely ease yourself into it. You know, sometimes we become passionate about things, and we find out, you know what, maybe this isn't really my thing. Sometimes we may have seen a commercial or something or like everyone who joined the army. Oh my God, that's what they do. Yes. <laughs> then you get the basic training. You're like, stop yelling at me. This is nothing like the commercial. I want to go home. <laughs> and then 20 years later, here you are. Yeah. Yep, so yep. <laughs> I would say definitely if you, if you have the means to start a nonprofit, truly if there is a void, I am not a fan of starting nonprofits to say my nonprofit is better than your nonprofit. And we're going to do the same thing, but we're going to do it better. Join forces. I don't know what it is, with, especially in the veteran space. It's just like, my coffee company is better than yours. Mm-hmm. My shoes are better than yours. And I'm like, you know how many pairs of Nike, Reeboks, Adidas, <laughs> New Balance I have in my in, in my closet? I got several different brands of pairs of shoes. Yeah. There's enough, I say there's enough compassion in the world to go around, but there's also enough give to go to long, uh, you know, in the, in the world. You don't have to try to knock out everyone. Mm-hmm. That's but and also a thing I know we I kind of got off a little bit target, but this is just one of my pet peeves. It's just veteran businesses like to go after other veteran businesses. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. for me personally, if I built a shoe company, I'm looking at how can I compete with Nike? Right. Because right. Nike is a boss. Yeah. Right. In the shoe world, you know. And so yeah. obviously, you know, Nike is a multi-billion dollar company. Yeah. I don't want to compete with someone who's on the same level as me, who's making thousands of dollars a year. You know, but also, you know, how can we help each other? How can Mm -hmm. we be big like Nike? Hey, let's join forces and take Nike down or or something Mm -hmm. like that. I don't know why we are always so quick to attack each other or say like, oh, my product is better. It's not a competition. It's commerce. And everybody can have a piece of the pie. You know, you don't see Nike 
right? This song's about Reeboks. You know, they they just make good products. Yeah. They get good spokespeople. And, and they have put, they put lots of money into marketing. They also get into social issues and stuff. But the one thing right. they do, they don't do is attack each other. So I'm like, right. where are we getting that from as veterans? We're yeah. not taught to attack each other in the military. I don't know where that 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 comes from and how that camaraderie gets lost once you become an entrepreneur. Like I'm still baffled by that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And that's the thing that that's so strange to me too, is, is how much harm is done that we do to ourselves uh, in our own ranks and, and the Vanessa Guillen situation. I mean, I, I thought it was poignant how if somebody misplaced a rifle, if somebody misplaced a hat you know, if somebody didn't have enough socks, it was like the end of the world and we needed to scour the base to find these things and we weren't going to do anything until it was found. And a human being was lost and it was took weeks for it to even, you know, it was like, it was just, it's just a situation where there change needs, needs to come and uh, people need to be held accountable. And I just, I crave a world where that, that camaraderie, that we experience in the, in the finest examples of service, that camaraderie where we band together to overcome obstacles, you know, the most severe obstacles and, and with the, the love that we carry for one another, depending on each other for survival, the last thing we need to do is harm each other in that process. And so I agree, whether it's in, in commerce, whether it's in, you know, veteran businesses, whether it's on the battlefield, I will not ever understand why we do that to each other when the world is rough enough. It's difficult enough. Why do we do that to each other? And so anyone watching, just know that I'm not here to take over or take a piece of your pie. I'm here to invite amazing people on here. This is about unity and getting up and overcoming obstacles. This is a, I'm trying to create positive media for this Get Up Nation show. So if, if there's any question about whether I'm trying to compete with anybody else on here, the question is, no, it's it's pure collaboration, unity, and overcoming obstacles. I wanted to bring up one thing, too. Of all the things you've done, you're an author. You you wrote about a book about overcoming childhood abuse, and we're learning more and more about how childhood trauma and abuse is often experienced prior to post-traumatic stress diagnosis is later in life and during and in combat. Will you share a little bit about you know, the mental health challenges that you've experienced in your life and how you've been able to stay resilient to the point that you have done such amazing things. Well, I would say spirituality has, has definitely helped. I actually stopped thinking about forgiving people because I realized that forgiveness is a term that people use to say, hey, once you're forgiving people, you can just let it go. Mm-hmm. No, it's still there. <laughs> you know, right. it's still there. All, all, all the pain, all of the, the the trauma and everything is still there. So it's like there's no amount of forgiveness that's going to heal you. And so you have to focus on self-healing. Right. You know, right. which which I said has really helped me through my, my 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 spirituality, whether it's just meditation, whether it's just lighting some incense, being stillness, being in oneness, writing affirmations, you know. I am whole. I lack nothing. I love myself. I fear nothing. I forgive. I, I forgive myself. And I and I and I say I had to forgive myself because I was relying on other people to apologize to me and and thinking that oh now you said sorry and now I'm good and I'm like no you need to be you need to forgive yourself for wasting energy on thinking that. 
just for someone accepting what they did to you will make you whole and it doesn't, you know, only the only person that can make you whole is you. Does it does it feel good for people to accept responsibility? Yes, but it never changes how it made you feel, how it affected you. A person who has who's gotten shot still has a scar from their bullet hole. That's right. You know, they still have to go through rehab. They still have to go through treatment in order to patch that hole. It's the same kind of healing, no matter what you're dealing with. And I've been focusing my efforts on self-healing. I've also written quite a few eBooks that are on my side site, shamelessplugjazzbooth.com. I've <laughs> written uh, several eBooks about, you know, self-reliance yeah. and, and, and healing and even midlife crisis. When I turned 40, I thought my life was over because I had so many gray hairs. And I'm like, again, let's reflect, <laughs> let's self-reflect. Why do I feel like my life is over? And I, I tell people, I, I, I posted something LinkedIn the other day about taking a look at how good you're actually doing. How is my life over when I can still pay my mortgage and live in this house and me and my husband can feed our kids and support them? You know, we can still put gas in our cars. I'm like, my life is far from over. My life is far from suck. You know, there are a lot of people who are wondering where their next meal is going to come from. So I was like, people need to put a lot of things into perspective. Downtimes happen to everyone. Every day, something down happens. You know, McDonald's shake machines stay broke, you know, but you're like, okay find something else on them. I, I literally screamed the other day. I was with my friend and they was like, the shake machine was broken. I was like, your shake machine is always broke. And I was just like, what is wrong with you? Okay, that's fine. I'll have a Sprite. And I was just happy with the Sprite. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so I just like, you know, you just got to find other ways and other things to focus on because there's always going to be positive and negative, but it just depends on how you're going to focus your energy and which way you're going to direct you know, your energy. But I would say for me, yeah, things are going to happen, whether it's molestation, whether it's domestic violence, whether you have PTSD or depression, the the only thing that's going to heal you is you. But healing is also, like I said, how I deal with it, but it's also accepting therapy. And sometimes it's accepting medication. Sometimes it's accepting that, you know what, I need help. And receiving the help, you know, there are so many aspects to it, but you are the common denominator through any healing process because nobody can force it on you and you can't force it on yourself. You have to, you have to come into acceptance with what you're dealing with and also come into acceptance that you are ready to heal and do the necessary steps, no matter how difficult they may be. I saw some of your content that you have about disabilities and when people are facing a new or lifelong disability, you talk about the importance of focusing on not what you can't do, but you focus on what you can. And then to incorporate, you know, your insight into that, the the meditation, the mindfulness, and really recognizing and experiencing the power of what is within us. We, we often are looking for the net, you know, outside ourselves for answers to, to a lot of these really troubling questions. And what I, what I find is when it comes to resilience and when it comes to meditation and mindfulness is we, when we go within and when we, we go into stillness and we start to recognize the power that's within us and so much of our frustrations, anger and, and irritability and, and thoughts of scarcity and that we're facing challenges that are seem way so huge that we could never overcome them. Suddenly we realize that 
we can. And then the synchronicities that happen as a result of it and the way things shift and move in our life as we start to recognize the power that exists there, those are profound ways to deal with things that legitimate adversity. It's not like a motivational speaker, like I'm going to pump you up for five minutes. And like when we're talking about cancer and we're talking about sexual assault and we're talking about PTSD, you can't fire somebody up for 15 minutes and and create long-term healing. But when we go within and we create that practice that you were talking about, that daily spiritual awakening that we stoke the flames of, tell me how powerful that is as you experience that. And tell me how that plays into your ability to be resilient. It has been absolutely amazing because even when when people who are married, they figure, you know what, husband, it's your job to fix me. And every time I need, I have some emotional or mental, physical need you're supposed to do that thing for me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, they are supposed to be your for- your support system, but they're not supposed to be your excuse or your crutch. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, you know, we sometimes get an abusive mindset because when we can't do things for ourselves, we feel like because you are married to me, or because you are my spouse or my or my friend, that I just you just keep me to soaking up, you know, my lack of initiative. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, you have to take the self-initiative. And so and so for me, it was like, okay, I know a lot of people grew up from, I grew up in a very religious family. And so I didn't understand spirituality. Spirituality was told to me to be a bad thing. Mm. And when I looked into it for myself, again, as we talked earlier about finding your own moral compass and, you know, discovering things for yourself, I was like, how is meditation evil? Right. You know, how is sitting in stillness evil? How is tuning into your to your chakras and finding out what they are, how they affect you? If you're if you, you don't even have to be into yoga to mm-hmm. tune into your chakras and know how they are and how they affect you. Yeah. We are all energy. Yeah. Science has shown that we are all energy. I'm not a crazy person. Scientists said it, you know, mm-hmm. we are all energy. Right. And I spend a lot of time with my my brow chakra or anya as they uh, pronounce it in sanskrit because that's where your intuition comes from your knowledge your clarity your ability to think for yourself and i spend a lot of time there and a lot of people don't know if that is off it affects your your other your chakras although you do need some spend spend some time with all of them but i'm like again there's no noise when you're meditating, you know, there's no other voices and you're just listening to yourself. And so it's like, who can, when you're at one with yourself and you can trust in yourself, there's nothing anybody can tell you that can make you go do, you know, things that are negative or that, or can make you go about your, to go against your belief system because you trust in yourself and you believe in your energy and you use your energy. And so for me, it's been like, so great. Sometimes my husband comes up here and I'm doing cheat time. I'm like, <laughs> you know, he's trying to talk to me. <laughs> the little junior Marine comes in here. He's 10. He's like, mom, okay, mom's doing chi time. <laughs> you know, that's another thing. You have to set your boundaries. Right. I think a lot of us think that you can't have boundaries within friendships and within relationships, even within your coworkers and your jobs. Right. Yes. Hey, if you gave me an hour for lunch yeah. and if the building ain't burning down, You need to respect my time for having an hour because I don't bother you when you have your hour. When I have a 15 minute break, let me have my 15 minute break. I think sometimes we are just so afraid to offend people. It is not offensive 
to have people respect your boundaries because you're just like, hey, I'm going to respect yours too. And I create boundaries because that is probably that is part of my mindfulness and part of my healing process. Okay. Those 15, 20, 30 minutes, however many I have, they are important to me. I need them. Yes. And my husband knows if he don't let me have my meditation, I'm going to be grumpy for the rest of the day. So he just leaves me, leave me alone. Yes. But again, it doesn't have to be what I do. You know, but the thing is, when you're doing meditation and self-reflection, I'm not harming anyone. Right. You know, it. I am not taking any energy away from anyone. And anything that I am sharing or I'm struggling with, I am dealing with it internally and not deflecting on anybody else. Like, you know, it would have been hadn't had me on this yep. podcast and I would have never thought about X, Y and Z. Yep. You know, and it's just like, no, I you you make decisions on who you interact with who you allow into your circle and who you share your energy with. There are a lot of people who are energy thieves, or as I call them, oxygen thieves. I do not allow people to suck, to suck up my energy or take it away from me. It's either given freely or not at all. So I say, you know, if you, you can, you can sense when people are, I say, okay, I don't vibe with them, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like, you can choose not to deal with them or you can just say, Hey, have you thought about this? Like I said, having a conversation with them because sometimes people are just are just not aware. Yeah. And it's like if people talk to you a certain way that you don't like, you can just say, "Hey, I don't appreciate the way you address me." And if you can't talk to me in a more respectful manner, then guess what? You no longer have access to me. That's right. And it's and it's crazy when you do that and you cut people off and they're you know now they want to talk to you now they want to be respectful, but it's just like. You yeah. cross my boundaries. Yeah. So no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? and, and, often, and oftentimes we feel like setting those boundaries, you know, sometimes people accuse you of, of an arrogance or something like that, but true self-care, that is the most humble thing there is because it's basically saying, I am worthy of love. I am worthy of accessing what I need for me. There is nothing wrong. There's nothing arrogant. There is nothing bad about me having the resources that I need to successfully face all the challenges that I will face. And if another human being has a problem with that, I don't, I would, <laughs> it's that, like, that's their problem. It's pretty much their problem. That's theirs. So I, I, you know, for anybody who would accuse or, you know, there's a lot of misunderstandings and things like that, but I love being around people who they, they make those moments as they set those moments aside and they say, this is for me, I need this. And for somebody to have the courage and the humility to do that, it's somebody that, you know, is, I'm instantly drawn to those people who, who take that respect because they are the, they're internally wealthy. They are people who are the most compassionate. They're the people who are most self-aware. They're the people who, you know, often create impacts like you, like you have created that has Oprah singing your praises that, that has, you know, these, that has an award list that you have to keep scrolling down and down and down because you've done so much. You recognize the immense value of human life. You tend to it within you as a sacred thing. And then you extend that out in your work. And if people can't figure that out, sometimes they need to have that boundary set and hopefully in time, they'll learn it for themselves. But that is about living so deep and richly. There's so much about us that we don't fully understand. And to access those parts of us, 
so much of us are craving that, you know, in an information age where we're just getting blasted with information and, you know, some stimulation and all this of this, that is like, what do they say? The sweetest nectar is within. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a roomy quote or, or who exactly said that, but I, again, just celebrate you and your work and, and how you live to create the impact that, that you have. I think that along the lines of what you're saying, that, that, that people, everyone needs to know and understand that everyone does not deserve them. Mm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I think that, you know, sometimes when women or men, both men and women experience domestic violence, if mm. someone is hurting you or harming you and still telling you they love you, obviously that's not love. They don't deserve you. You know, and that could be with anybody who's in your space who is not treating you in a respectful manner. They don't deserve you. And nobody can, you know, has the right to force themselves upon your space, upon your energy. So like me and you right now, we decided to have this conversation. We decided to be in each other's spaces, you know. And so we have decided we have decided that we are worth each other's time and each other's space. But I'm pretty sure there are lots of people that you would not invite on your show because. They don't deserve your time or your space or they're, you know, you just don't like the energy that they're putting out. You know, I I definitely that doesn't mean I don't care for that person. I don't want them to get help. I don't want them to find their people in their tribe. But it just means that they are not for me and I am not for them. And that is perfectly okay. Doesn't mean you can't have, you know, some form of relationship with them. It just means, again, it has to live you know, within that, within that boundary. I mean, in the military, you have no choice, yeah. but to deal with that, with that E4 that, you know, he's going to show up late yeah. and he's a responsibility. So you got to go, you got to go chase him down. Yeah. But, you know, when you are out of the military and when you are living and working for yourself, you have the ability to create, you know, more boundaries and decide for yourself what is more acceptable and what is not acceptable. But I think for so many of us, we are just so I'm spiritual, but I am not a butterflies, rainbows, and kitties, like, you know, kind of spiritual. I'm a spiritual in in the place where I'm like, you know what? I do not like your energy. I do not want you around me. I am in a good place and I want to stay there. You know, I think for some people, they think that I have to love everyone and I have to accept everyone. You can do that, but that doesn't mean you have to be around them or you have to allow them in your circle. Like I have many people that I, I love from way over there from afar you know you're 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 one of the children of the universe and i know that you exist but that's about it (laughs) you know (laughs) totally (laughs) oh yeah that's a good point I want to respect your time here. I know we're coming to the end. So I just want to get to the final section of the show. I always end the show with six questions to help my listeners understand the why. Rapid fire. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Who are you thankful for today? I'm thankful for you. And I say that because I appreciate when someone respects me, that they respect my perspective and they, that they respect the, the, the energy that I've put into the world and to other people. So I'm thankful for you today. I'm absolutely honored by that. And it's been such a pleasure. So thank you. I'm thankful for you today. And the next question that comes from that is now that we've talked about who you're thankful for today. Now, what are you thankful for today? I am thankful for the opportunity to have another day, another day of healing, another day of love, another day of life 
another day of giving. So I am thankful to just be able to wake up and have another day here on this beautiful planet we call Earth. How do you fuel the fire within you? How do I want wine and chocolate? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I told you I wasn't all kitties, puppies and rainbows, Uh, but no. (laughs) <laughs> Those are my sweet indulgences, but I just feel the fire of me by focusing on what's important and focusing on, you know, ways that I can make an impact, you mm-hmm. know, in, in a positive impact. And and when though and, and realizing that those those impacts have manifested and, and come to fruition. Oh, that's great. There's one thing to say, I'm going to do something, but to actually do it and then have it, you know, that the impact echo yeah. is an amazing feat. What is one thing adversity taught you to value? That people are not always going to think like me and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they have any less respect for me. That doesn't mean that they see me in a different you know, way. It just means that we think different. We see things different, but it doesn't mean that we can't have respect for each other. You know, you can, me and you could be saying the same thing in a different way, mm-hmm. but ultimately it still brings us to that common goal. And I think that's important. It's like, you know what? I don't like white rice. I don't like black rice, but we've, we like rice. So let's focus on that. You know, <laughs> we don't need to know whose rice is better. We just have agreed that we like rice and just leave it like, leave it like that. Not overcomplicated. You know, yeah, that's excellent. I value the diversity and adversity. I love it. Wow. That's, I'm just letting you know, that's going to be a quote on uh, the promotion. <laughs> Go for it. All right. No, no TM required. You can have that one. <laughs> All right. What are you doing today? You may have never thought you could. I guess I found the capacity of knowing that there is always a choice. Mm. You know, I think some people think that if I, I, because I don't have a lot of money because I'm not famous, because I'm not this, because I'm not that, I have a choice. You always, there's an infinite number of choices. And today I had the opportunity to say, I'm not wearing no damn bifocals. I'm going with progressive lenses. So people can still think I'm cool and I cannot have to go meditate about a midlife crisis. But yeah, the, the, the ability to have choice is a powerful thing. And I think a lot of, a lot of us forget that we have that. And I was able to exercise that people may say, Oh, that's just so simple. No, for some people, it's a lot. And to know that you have options and that you have the options to alter or impact your reality yeah. is huge. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And my last question, what will you do tomorrow that you may have never thought you could? I don't know, because t- tomorrow is another day for me to explore, for me to learn. But I would say, I guess so I will find another opportunity to learn something new about myself, maybe someone else, or maybe I may invent something that makes the world a better place. Amazing. Amazing. How can people learn more about you and your amazing work? You can follow me at jazzbooth.com. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook under the same name, under the same name at jazzbooth1. And I'm trying to figure out who who was jazzbooth without the one. <laughs> I thought I was special because I made my full name is Jaspin. Mm-hmm. And so I put jazzbooth, but I'm like, okay, so, so there's another jazzbooth. Okay, I, I'm sorry, squirrel. Yes, yeah, so, um, but I'm also on LinkedIn under jazzbooth. My Facebook page is jazzbooth speaks. Excellent. Excellent. There you have it. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me on this show where you have helped us learn how to get up when life knocks us down. 
And thank you for allowing me to help you get up. Now I need to go find my cane because I had two knee replacements. So I need somebody to help me get my ass up. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs>